Welcome to the Art of Being a Mum podcast, where I, Alison Newman, a singer, songwriter and Aussie mum of two, enjoys honest and inspiring conversations with artists and creators about the joys and issues they've encountered while trying to be a mum and continue to create. You'll hear themes like the mental juggle, changes in identity, how their work's been influenced by motherhood, mum guilt, cultural norms, and we also stray into territory such as the patriarchy, feminism, and capitalism. You can find links to my guests and topics we discuss in the show notes, along with a link to the music played, how to get in touch, and a link to join our supportive and lively community on Instagram. I'll always put a trigger warning if we discuss sensitive topics on the podcast, but if at any time you're concerned about your mental health, I urge you to talk to those around you, reach out to health professionals or seek out resources online. I've compiled a list of international resources which can be accessed on the podcast landing page, alisonnewman.net slash podcast. The Art of Being a Mum would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land and water which this podcast is recorded on as being the Boendick people in the Berrin region of South Australia. I'm working on land that was never ceded. Welcome to Season 3. It's great to have you here from wherever you are in the world. I hope you are able to have a restful and loving holiday season whatever you celebrate or don't celebrate. My guest to start the year is Beck Finer. Beck is an Australian illustrator and designer based in Sydney and she's a mum of two. As Beck was growing up, she was an avid drawer. Like many artists and creatives, when it came time to decide what career to pursue, Beck didn't think that being a working artist was possible and turned to study design and instead became a graphic designer. After being inspired to create her own alphabet poster when her first child was young, eight years ago, she created her Aussie Legends alphabet poster. This was subsequently turned into a book and from this she signed a publishing deal. Beck co-creates books with her husband Robin, with Beck illustrating and Robin writing, and they have done six books together. Beck describes her style as vector-based conceptual illustrative art, embodying bold colours, sharp lines, and Beck uses her art to provide commentary on current social and political issues. She's passionate about breaking down stereotypes and including children in the breaking down of cultural norms and encouraging kids to become more involved in political and leadership issues at a young age. Thank you for being here and I hope you enjoy today's chat. Welcome to the podcast, Beck. It's an absolute pleasure to welcome you and to have you today. Oh, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a pleasure. So you're an Aussie. It's lovely to hear a fellow Australian accent. I've been talking to a lot of people from overseas lately. Oh, really? So it's nice. Uh, whereabouts are you based? Oh, I'm in Sydney, right in the middle of Sydney. Oh, I wow. always have to live in the, the hustle and bustle of everything, everywhere I, I mean, I've lived in London and a few other places, but I like to be in the grit of things. Yeah, If you right can call Sydney gritty, I know it's very pretty, but you know. <laughs> where the action is. Where it's yeah, all exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly the opposite to me. I can't handle cities at all. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. I love to have a break, but I can't, I can't have, uh, yeah, I'm either got to be right in the action or like somewhere quite removed from it, you know. Yeah, like, right. One or the other, yeah. I think because I grew up in the burbs, the burbs kind of kills me a little bit. No offence to anyone living in the burbs, but just for me it was (laughs) (laughs) slightly boring. Oh, that's funny. Oh, good on you. So you're an illustrator mm. and um, how did you first get into drawing? Have you always been a drawer as you grew up? Yeah, it was one of those things where, you know, right from when I was super young, I was just constantly drawing, 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 illustrating. My parents had to ban me from, I used to draw on the walls. I remember drawing on all the photographs and being utterly dismayed when I got into trouble for it. I remember thinking I just made it all better. Um, And, yeah, and it was interesting, though, and I often reflect upon this, is as I got older, 
I still did loads of art, but I kind of got a bit, and I think this happens with a lot of people, you get a bit shy about your work. I remember starting to hide my drawings and Mm -hmm. and just being a bit self-conscious about it. And as I, I always knew I wanted to be a creative and in the arts and my parents really let me do that, but I stepped away from illustration because I thought being a traditional artist or an illustrator wasn't a job. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. So I did, I went to university and I did graphic design because, you know, I thought, well, that's a, can pay the bills kind of things. Yeah. Um, and I loved university. I did bachelor of design, absolutely loved it. And I went into graphic design which is, you know, a lot of my work is quite graphic and has a typographic influence on it. Mm-hmm. So I went into that. Um, and But when I got into being an actual graphic designer, I found it, I mean, I was working at a great agency, you know, one of the top agencies, but I just found it a bit like I I liked it, but I knew it wasn't me. Mm-hmm. Um, I was always very conceptual. So I actually stepped into and then I went into art direction and advertising for a long time. Yeah, right. Doing, you know, ads and, and again, I loved it and I loved the creative side, but I just knew something was missing. Mm-hmm. So it was actually, it took to um, having my first child um, and going freelance because advertising doesn't sometimes know where to put. Um, this was, oh, it was about 10 years ago, but it's so funny. It's come a long way since then, but they had no idea what to do with. And I think I was one of the only women in the creative department. I had a baby and I kind of stopped being on the the top projects because I couldn't do the pictures t- overnight. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so when I started freelancing, I just started thinking there's got to be more mm. to life. And, il- and I've always been illustrating, so it was kind of in the back of my mind. Yeah. So, yeah. So was and- it like your needs weren't being met in terms of you expressing yourself? Is that yeah. is it sort of you were doing it for someone else and their ideas? Yeah, and I started getting really disillusioned with advertising. I loved it at first. Like I was, and then I suddenly, it was like I'd taken off the rose-coloured glasses. Maybe childbirth does that to you. I don't know. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, and I just, I I started thinking I needed to work for myself because I, I, when you have a kid, you you almost like apologise for leaving to go to daycare to get them or them being sick. And I hated apologising for that. Mm. And being almost embarrassed about having a kid. And I was like, why do I need to do that? And and what happened was I was actually um, teaching my son the, um, the alphabet and I this idea popped into my head um, what a, like it was all such boring stuff. And I was like, oh, I could make my own illustrative alphabet, you know, and why don't I merge um, legends of Australia like, you know, all these incredible characters, diverse characters, and put them on the heads of all these alphabets. And I opened an Instagram account. That was actually, I know we all poo-poo social media, but it was actually (laughs) the start of me kind of coming out as an illustrator, you know, like my my little sneaky side that no one knew about. (laughs) So I launched this this alphabet series. Um, I did one a night um, because it was, you know, there's 26 letters in the alphabet, so I needed to give myself a goal, you know, with two, uh, by the end, then I had another baby and I thought I'm going to do one legend a night. So A was for Adam Good, B was for Bob Hawke, you know, I was morphing them and I started releasing them on my Instagram account and getting this really amazing feedback. Yeah, that's awesome because we don't get a lot of like that Australian sort of that real colloquial stuff. It's it's not yeah. out there. You know, no, and all, it actually, yeah. Yeah, there's like the animals or the birds or yeah. I don't know, but that, and that's something that I've really enjoyed looking on your account is the way that you do bring to the fore these, these Australian icons. And you say diverse, which is awesome. Like you've got like at the moment I saw you had a post about Costa, the Garden <laughs> Australia man, and you've done your Kath and Kim and your Dylan Alcott. Yeah. Like yeah. it's it's great, and I guess that's why it would have resonated with people because it was different and traditionally Australian, you know. I know, and and again, it was. Um, I think about oh, it happened. Okay, so it was about eight years ago when I released this poster series, and mm-hmm. it, Australia has come. And you know, I go to the bookstore now, and I see so many multicultural books out there, mm-hmm. especially for First Nation people, uh, which it was so lacking before. It, it was only mm-hmm. in the last. It's crazy to think that because. Now I think people are far more aware of it, but but even like 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of stuff out there. So especially with um, 
yeah, it was kind of when celebrating people was, it was just happening more for kids. And that was my whole aim was to show kids that no matter where you come from, your background, your ethnicity, religion, you know, abilities, you can do, you can be anything you want to be. Mm. Yeah, and, and that kind of led to the book deal, the publishing deal. So I made this poster and that's kind of, it was really funny. I was, um, it, it all went a bit viral and I remember kind of putting down my advertising pen. <laughs> there is an advertising pen, but I just was like, I quit and I yeah. didn't do any more freelance. I was like, I'm out. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah. And it's to, and to have like your passion and, and your, the thing you're excited about to be recognised and, and rewarded and saying we, you know, someone else validating that yes. would be tremendous. You go, right, this is it. This is what I've been sort yeah. of wanting, you know, that expressive and, and creativity the, outlet. Yeah, and to all the parents out there, like I thought that by the time I was quite, when I got when I first got pregnant and I was, I mean, I was young, I was 30, which is young now by today's parenting stand. <laughs> I just thought my like I hadn't reached my potential and it was too late now that I was becoming a parent. I remember feeling like so sad about that. And I only really came into, um, I found my purpose at about 35. And I think that's quite young too now that I think of it. But at the time I thought if I didn't hit my stride when I was like 25, then I hadn't made it successfully. Mm. And it was just such a nice feeling to know that you don't have to, like with maturity comes so many more insights into the world. It allowed me to be to to create this poster, my kids, you know. Yeah. So that was great. Yeah, no, that's good advice. I think, yeah, we can get a bit hung up when we're younger, looking at the mm. future, thinking, oh, we've got to get this done, we've got to get this done. And I think that um, that notion of when you have a child, then everything you've ever done or everything you are just has to go out the window because yeah. now you're a mother. It's like, yeah. oh, I can't do this anymore, and that's actual bullshit. <laughs> yeah, I know. It actually, it it. I think on the maternity leave actually gave me the time. I mean, with the first one, I was so exhausted, you know, first baby. But the second baby, I I wasn't so um, overwhelmed by motherhood. And I, I did actually use that time to do my creative pursuits, which I know doesn't happen for lots of people. But for me, it was kind of what it, it allowed me to take some time off and figure out what I wanted to do. Mm. No, it's really important. I think that's, yeah, it's really good to to share that with others. Um, yeah, yeah not too so, late. No, that's it, isn't it? It's never too yeah. late. No, you can be and look at like people, you know, you can see actors coming into their full bloom in their 60s and 70s and it just, yeah, yeah I just feel like this whole pressure to achieve so young is total bullshit. Mm, yeah, and and unfortunately it's not until you get older that you realise yes. that. <laughs> you have that wisdom, I know, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, it was hard. It has always been quite hard. I mean, I work for myself now and I did that to allow myself to have that flexibility to not have to apologise for getting my kid early from work. Mm. But, I mean, I probably work a lot harder and and there's a lot of juggling going on. So, Yeah, that's it, isn't it? So tell me about your children. You have two two children. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, Esme and Levi, ten and seven, and and uh, my third child, my sportiest child, a whippet. Um, <laughs> I love that. Getting a dog is is probably harder than having a newborn, as I worked out. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they, yeah, they're in school, but you know, school finishes. It's a it's a short period. It's a short day. Yeah, but, uh, they're great. They're really great. And, um, oh. And they always inspire me to do, you know, a lot of our kids' books have come, again, from our inspiration of from our kids, which has been great. Yeah. And I work and my husband and I um, co-create a lot of the content out there. So we come mm-hmm. up with book ideas together. Yeah. And then I illustrate and he writes it. So it's quite a good team. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Do you, is, is it a... <laughs> I always joked with husband and wife, is it? A, oh, nice God, yeah, don't get me started. No. <laughs> I always say to everyone, you know, you've got to maintain a very healthy 
relationship. So we work together, collaborate on the ideas for the book, and then we go our separate ways. You can't be on top of each other too much. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the thing. You need, you've got your own, you know, creative aspects that you're yeah. capable of doing you don't need someone looking over your shoulder no saying, oh, no do, do that bit that differently or yes. you know whatever well we do critique each other's work at times but like it's in a very yeah. kind of small window and then we have space yeah. You know, yeah yeah if you're working and he also works in you know he's in and out he's um doing other stuff too so I just I always tell people it's really wonderful because you have you can relate to each other and you have these common projects that you're building together which is amazing but it's always good to also have your own space Mm, I think that's very important yeah (laughs) yes oh my god don't get me started about that So how many books have you done together? Um, we've done, so I did Aussie Legends myself and then and then um, we've done about seven more together. Yeah, so right. Six, six, six we've done together. Yeah. Um, so the next one we did off, so Aussie Legends Alphabet, which was my poster, got turned into a book, which was amazing. Yeah. And then we got a, so we got a bit of a publishing deal, which was, you know, a lot lifelong dream of mine and the second book we actually came up with um was called if I was prime minister mm-hmm. and it was all about what kids would do if they were prime minister of the country yeah. um they led the country sorry and it was amazing because um yeah my son we were on a trip to Canberra and he started coming up with all the things he would do if he was prime minister and we were like oh we're gonna yoink that idea off you so we started <laughs> to talk to loads of kids and the ideas were incredible and it just kind of took shape and it's it's my it's, I think it's my favorite book it's yeah. it just shows that the world's going to be okay because kids have the most incredible thoughtful caring ideas yeah that, that unfortunately get a bit watered down as they get older but it's it's really inspirational and I think people and we wanted to encourage kids to co- become more involved with politics and leadership at a young age. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know about you, but I didn't really understand what was going on when I was young. Oh, no, it took me a while because my parents yeah. were very, and, and my, my nana, who was very close to us in the family, they were very secretive about like who they'd vote for. Like, it was, oh, yeah, right. you know, you'd never tell anyone who you voted for. Right. And it wasn't until I got older and I realised, you know, they were working class you know, people, blue yeah. collar workers that they were labor voters. And, yeah. um, and luckily I sort of, I, I resonated with that, but yeah. yeah you, but now like I talk to my kids about all about politics, like they know who yeah. everyone is and I tell them about, like, I want them to understand stuff. So they don't just all of a sudden get thrust into the world of voting and have to go, oh my gosh, what is this? Who do I vote for? Yes. You know, I, think, I know, I think you know, they need to be more education, but, but, and again, they are starting to teach it more at school, which I think is fantastic. Yeah. I don't, but I don't think we ever got taught it at school. No, we got taught about like, the history of other countries and French Revolution, yes, Russian yeah, Revolution. We yeah. don't learn Australian right. history. Yeah, really yeah, so that, thank goodness, that's all changing. But, yeah, yeah, I'm really hot on that. And, actually, um, I had a guest on um, last week's episode, that, well, this I always talk in the wrong tense because your episode will come out at one point <laughs> and the other person's has been. So a few weeks ago um, yes. I had a um Elise Adlam on the podcast and she's an Australian philosopher and feminist and she was talking about how you can include your children in these big ideas Mm. in a childlike way but right from the start you know including them in discussions about social justice and you know all this sort of stuff um, which I thought was amazing and I think a lot of us do it in some way anyway but Mm. it's really nice to know that it's actually a thing and you feel like yeah. you're validated a little bit to go, oh, yeah. I'm actually doing the right thing, which is a bad thing to say because, you know, that whole sort of, I don't know, not mum guilt, but the sort of doubting yourself. Um, mm. But, yeah, politics, love politics. And, and yeah. no, 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 I think that's really important because I think, I mean, I've been involved in this project that's not come out yet, so I'm not going to say what it is, but it mm-hmm. is about breaking down stereotypes. And mm-hmm. I think that that on a really base level, you can start with kids. I've been just exploring um what a child looks like 
Like on a very base level, like not what does it look like, like a girl that a boy that likes to dress up as a girl, you know, like a not a dress up as a girl, but, you know, put on Mm. girls' clothes and all those things. So it's just breaking down what we are just taught. And you can teach kids at such a young age, you know. Oh, yeah. And like you were saying before about the, the ideas that these kids have, like unfortunately us as adults put so much of our own beliefs and um misjudgments and all this sort of stuff on the kids and if they just had the chance to just keep believing what they believe yeah amazing to see I know and someone actually put when um we these books we talk to a lot of kids and we and there, there were some hilarious ideas about what they would do if they were prime minister like um, come up with an extra day of the week called Yum Day, you know, like fun stuff. So it wasn't yeah. all like, oh, we're going to, you know, change the world. It was, it was yeah. good stuff. But yeah. there was amazing stuff about, you know, giving to the homeless and all those kind of things. And um, and someone said to us, oh, it's a very lefty book, isn't it? And I said, oh, I think most kids are quite that way until they. <laughs> I think so too because they do yeah. have that natural sort of care for others, you know, yeah, oh, I don't know. I, yeah, I really, really think all of us are that way to start with. And then for some reason, capitalism and yes. the world gets involved and people yeah, start to go the other way. think whatever they want. If they want to go down, I think my son's a bit of a capitalist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just naturally some kids gravitate towards something one way or the other and just, you know, teaching them to to have all these, these ideas. Mm. And, you know, look at the kids protesting about climate change and these are young oh. kids that are getting involved. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah, that's the thing. It, their, their parents aren't telling them to do this. That's, that's mm. something that they've, I mean, the parents have done an amazing job mm. <laughs> to allow them to keep thinking that way. Yeah. Um, yeah and all I want my work to do and I think I just naturally gravitate towards you know trying to shine a spotlight on these messages I do it on my Instagram and my illustrations and my book and I just want to look at those you know I I like to keep current what's going on I'm always illustrating kind of as things happen around me because it just interests me and hopefully you know and people are hopefully able to relate to it which is is great Mm. Yeah, I think I'm a frustrated political cartoonist. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, it's that comment, the commentary on on you know relevant issues. Um, Mm. I was actually yeah, I was going to ask you what what is your sort of um, inspiration? Um, Yeah, yeah. I I just get so inspired by what's going on in the news, in the the world, how people are reacting to things, and it always excites me to draw something really quickly about it. You know, I just kind of, and I guess, you know, again, I don't regret any of my advertising background because it actually teaches me to conceptually come up with something interesting on the spot quite quickly. You know, we're used to kind of having to write down these ideas or get these ads out there. So. None of the stuff that I've done before has been a waste at all. So I almost, yeah, um, yeah and I, I kind of use all those skills and when I see something come up, I go, oh, I'd love to do an illustration about this, about that, you know, something that's just happened on the news. So I kind of jump on that. Mm, yeah, no, that that's really cool. And you yeah. said um, like your children obviously have influenced your books. Do you look at things differently now that you have children in terms of what is happening in the world? Yes, yeah. I mean, just I'm just constantly. Oh wait, can you just hold on one second? The dog walk is. Yeah, no worries. Hold on one second. I'll yeah, be one. Oh my god, it is so funny. They're like they got in the van. They all love each other. They just had a bit of a fight. Is that a, is that like they pick up lots of dogs and take yeah. them all at once? Oh, cool. favorite thing. Like I can't. He can't even. He gets so excited when he hears. Like a voice, is that the dog walker? I was like, it's not the dog walker. How um, gorgeous is that? 
I know. And Clyde, actually, you know, speak, um, we were talking about my children inspiring our book and then our latest book. Um, yeah. It's about a rescue greyhound and my dog inspired me for that book. <laughs> we always think he's got a bit of greyhound in him. And um, <laughs> so, yeah, and it's a, we just launched it. It's called Gl- Clyde the Greyhound. Yeah. My dog's called Clyde. Yeah. Doesn't realise I've named a book after him. Maybe he <laughs> But, um, yeah, it, oh, it was really, it's a really beautiful story about a rescue greyhound that, um, doesn't know how to fit into inner city lifestyle. Oh. It's so funny. That's I had gorgeous. so much fun. I mean, if you want to think about my day, it was really funny. I spoke to my sister-in-law who's a, a doctor, you know, and she was talking about these life-saving operations and she said, what, what did you do today? And I said, I drew a dog party. It took <laughs> me the whole day. <laughs> what? It's just so much joy doing a kid's book. Yeah. Because you just go into, you know, this whole world. Oh, yes, yes. I work in um, in early childhood education, so I'm, I, I love going into work and just, immersing myself in a different world of yes. fun and just yeah you know, just and, and you can truly be yourself like you can't you know there's no hiding yourself because no. kids see straight through you like oh, it's yeah. just wonderful to be able to just truly be yourself and yeah that's love so feeling yeah um a lot of my illustrations too I actually um also add layers in because <laughs> I want when the parent reads the book or you mm-hmm. you know at the child to also get you know like I like kind of feeding in different um messages some to the kids some to the adults but the adults will have a laugh about it too so I think that's really important yeah I love books like that it's like it goes straight over the kids head but the parents just go yeah exactly yeah Yeah. that's really cool (laughs) I know I'm in the prime minister book we've got this um we talk about what a prime minister does so we show a picture of um the, the the pm's uh office and then so on all the spines I've just written really funny names of books that um adults would laugh at there's one that's called that's not my pm (laughs) (laughs) and there's another one like there's another book called um how to be a a pm for dummies yeah yeah. thing and um just like really funny all the all the leaders of the world in one phone book like a little phone book section and just yeah I just (laughs) He had so much fun making up those titles. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah. I've got to say too, with your book that's the my favorite teacher, I yeah. I um I like the little nod to the to the Beatles in the the music teacher oh, one. Did you like that? Teacher. Yeah, I straight oh. away went, Oh, I love that. Yeah, because I'm uh, a massive Beatles fan. That's one of my favorite pages. Thank you so much. Because yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it was and um and and the line was you know, my favourite teacher is, I can't remember the teacher's name, but it's um, we love singing um, Getting Better all the time because he thinks we're getting better too. <laughs> you know, That's like a parent, cool. would, parent would like that. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so um, I, I definitely appreciate the effort that you put into that. Oh, my God, I think I put in too much effort. Sometimes I just sweat over these these pages and think, does anyone notice? But, it, oh. yeah, that's, I love hearing that type of thing. Yeah, and that's really cool. I like to ask all my mums about this concept of mum guilt and um, it's something that you've touched on a little bit when you were talking about having to, you felt sorry, like saying sorry or felt bad because you had to leave when you're working in advertising, you know, for pickups or whatever. Um, Have you found that that's changed the way you think about that sort of stuff since you're you're doing what you love and you know what I mean? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that now my mum guilt comes to, you know, I do have that mum guilt towards my kids because I don't have that straightforward job. So I am often working in the evening Mm -hmm. and I find that I have to be a bit more 
put my tools down when they're home because I could just work quite a lot, even when, you know, when they're at home, which is not, yeah. you know, sometimes, you know, you're going to have to work at, at night time or around, but I do think they're aware of me constantly not being focused on them because my job doesn't have a nine to five. Yeah. So I'm kind yeah. of always at, you know, I get random emails and all that. So I'm getting better at it. I think I was shocking at the beginning and it depends. Like if I am in a really intense period where actually during COVID, it was actually quite busy for me because a lot yeah. of people couldn't do photo shoots, um, so they were needing illustrators and then you had the kids homeschooled and, and I kept on saying to someone, do you think I'm a, um, what, did, what did you call the people that had to go to work? They were called. Um, oh, essential work. Yeah. yeah. I said, do you think I'm an essential illustrator? I said to a friend. <laughs> um, so that was really hard because yeah, I, and I also, so I have that mum guilt, but I also know that I'm a happier person when I'm enjoying my work. So it's that, you know, being balanced. Yeah. We're yeah. never going to get it right, are we? Oh, I, I don't know if there is a right. You know what I mean? Like you're always yeah. going to feel bad no matter what you do. If you I spend know. too much time with your kids and then you go, oh, no, I'm neglecting this yeah. side of things and then it's the I other know. way. And it, it, I, I think that I'm a good role model in terms of doing something that I think they can look at and go, okay, so she really loves what she does. So mm. that's a really great thing. And, you know, I have toned back you know, meal times and everything, answering my phones and stuff. But I, I don't think I'm ever going to get that perfect, to be fair. Um, so I am. Um, yeah, life, it's life, isn't it? It's just I know life. it's life, but it is different that guilt because yeah, I think I do work harder now that I don't. I run, you know, work um in advertising uh, because it's for my own business and I want to be really successful. I think it's funny mm. when you go out and work for yourself, you kind of need to prove it so much that you um doing the right thing that I think sometimes you tend to actually go a bit too far. Like you're actually too, uh, you know, yeah. you have to tick so many things off the list yeah. to make you feel accomplished. So I, I struggle with that a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Yeah. Um, when you said before about doing something that you love, I think that is so important. And I feel like because this society we're in is so driven by making money, it's like a lot of people have lost that sort of, you know, you know, I don't know who said this quote, but you know, if you do, if you do something, if you work in something you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like I don't know that there'd be, you know, so many people out of ten that could I truly know. say, I know, and I'm happy, so grateful that I, uh, you know, there's a lot of people all around the world that have to go work in terrible work conditions, and how lucky am I that I get to? Yeah, I try and be grateful about that. It's funny being, it's it's actually funny working from home because I have this beautiful studio that I've kind of set up for myself. But then at the same time, I think I kind of do myself, I'm constantly putting the washing on or. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. I don't know my day. <laughs> Sometimes I have really productive moments and then I'm just around the house kind of trying to do both. I, it's We're <laughs> in such a funny time period as a woman, as women, you know, we are expected that whole, you can do it all. Mm. That's, bite us in the face a lot of the time I think yeah because I am yeah. picking the kids up from school I'm not putting them in after school care or anything like that so I am yeah. really quite crazy a lot of the time I'm yeah. trying to do both be there for them and also work and run a household yeah and and let alone you know that's the physical stuff but the mental like mm. as an artist um like your brain doesn't stop in no, creative no. mode too. So, you know, if you see yeah. something, like especially if you say you're inspired by current events and what's happening, mm. you know, you're taking that in and then you might go, yes. oh, I've got this idea. And yes. it's like, but little what's name needs something. And you're like, oh, what do I, you know, it's this constant mm. pull, constant push and pull from all sides. That's what I struggle with. Like if I've got an idea, I need to write something down. Um, but I'm in the middle of, I don't know, making lunches or something, you know, it's just like, yeah. how do you physically and mentally can do all this stuff. Oh, I think I that's know. so true. And I also think that I've had a few, when things have really truly gone a little sour is um when I've, it's when, when everything is running perfectly and there's no kids sick, there's nothing goes wrong with work. But if something, say something happens during my work, um, we had something go wrong with one of our books. Mm -hmm. And so all those, all those plates that I'm spitting, if one like, then everything can actually fall down. And so it's, 
you have to be easier on yourself and I think yeah and be prepared for those moments and I've had to learn how to rebound and not take all those moments too personally you know my ego takes a bashing or any of those things and it sounds and um I was yeah if if it's nice and calm everything is fine but if things get hectic like a job I have to get out instantly things I mean it can go quite chaotic and I'm trying to learn you know through meditation a few other things I actually yeah I've I've stopped drinking um alcohol I was finding that too hard to balance with kids and lockdown and all those kind of things and Mm -hmm. it just meant that I wasn't creatively feeling as um you know agile so I've done a couple of things to actually be more present and because it's that that was um yeah something I think was pulling me back a little bit and knock and yeah keeping all those plates spinning was hard work Mm. Do you have um, like external support? You have family around, or yeah, I do. Can help you out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got parents, and I've got beautiful community around me, and everything like that. So yeah, I do, and I'm learning to lean on everyone a bit more now. Yeah, see, that's I find that hard. Like I've got people, but sometimes you feel bad for asking because you mm. think, oh, I should be able to do this myself, and you know, and my ego like <laughs> says, I can do this. Yeah. I don't need to yeah. ask for help. But then it's like, oh my god, if I don't ask for help like you said, the plates are going to fall off and and then yes. all the plates fall off and crash on the floor. And Yeah. <laughs> I know. And I also feel like having that time to myself too, like, I, you know, I'll do exercise or something, like I try and be quite rigid with. When you work from home, you have to be quite rigid with your day. Mm. So I will fit in that exercise. I have to in the morning or do a meditate because otherwise I, I know I've got to put the work in to kind of, you know feel productive on those other sides of uh of the equation yeah yeah look it's a common thing I've, a lot of mums I've spoken to that work from home it's just they'll be you know doing something in their studio and then they'll hear the the um the dishwasher beep or the washing machine beeps they're like oh yeah. just go do that you know and then you just I don't know it, it yeah and I'm sick of and um I don't need to make the place perfect during the morning. Like I can leave it a bit chaotic and that's okay. Like I don't have to clean up, you know, after everything. So I'm trying to um, get better at doing things like that, I guess. Yeah. And just, Mm. um, and also leaving when you're in the creative world, it's, there's this time also where I just want to create for not for any commercial purposes and just for myself. So I try and, those times and then I try and be quite rigid with that other type of you know the one that I I still need to make money (laughs) yeah yeah it's a yeah that's it isn't it because it's almost like going back to the advertising days where yeah you had that conflict between you know creating for someone else and then your own your own needs to come out sort of wasn't getting met yeah and I do I don't mind creating um, I do a lot of freelance projects and I actually quite like doing things with a purpose that are not just art for art um, for. So I don't, I don't mind working on briefs and I, and I love that side. I just need to know that I can balance that out with some other stuff for that. But you know what? When do you ever get it perfectly? <laughs> I don't think that word exists. That's, I think that stops from overthinking everything too much, like just going, just going with the flow a bit. Like if a kid is going to get sick and lie next to you while you work is not the end of the world. Yeah, that's that's it, isn't it? Like these expectations, letting go of what you think it's supposed to be like or mm. what society also, tells you're supposed to and, be. And looking on Instagram, or, I mean, as I said, like when I started, social media for me has been such an amazing outlet, but it also makes me think everyone's doing a lot better than I am. 
Yes. Yeah. And that's something um, we talk about a lot on this podcast, actually. And the best advice someone gave me was if someone, if someone's feed makes you feel triggered or uncomfortable, just (laughs) just unfollow them. Like you can do that. Yeah. What a revelation. (laughs) Oh, it's so amazing doing that, isn't it? Oh, it is a great feeling. But that's the thing, like most people will only show the best bits, right? You're only seeing the best bits and you can't compare your entire life to Mm. their best bits. Like it's just not a thing. It's not healthy. 100%. And you know what's actually really good is that um, instead of being like, uh, so we're stuck in these little, we're often quite isolated, especially as mums, if you're working from home, you're quite isolated if you're working in your studio. But actually to get and talk to other um, people in your creative industry and talk, and not be scared or jealous about them and actually try and yeah. learn of each other. And you'll see also that they're also going through their own struggles. I mean, not that you want to all complain, but it's nice to talk yeah. to people that rather than just seeing them as a competition. Yeah. And I think that comes from um, from age as well. Mm. Like I feel like myself as a younger um, singer um, was very competitive and yeah. would get jealous of people. And now I just think, well, good on you. Like yeah. good on you for doing that. You yeah. know, I might think, oh, geez, I wish I could do that. But then I yeah. think, well, I'm doing this. So that's like, you know what I mean? Like you don't lose sight of what journey you're on. Yes. And you're able to have that maturity to celebrate someone else's success and that's actually brought me a lot of joy I know and people are so generous when they come to like giving me beautiful feedback I was like Mm. just gonna remind myself to give other people like not think about yourself so much like get out of your own yes you know I can understand that (laughs) yeah you know it's It's interesting with art too it's like you're constantly creating for that kind of um um to get that positive feedback and if you mm-hmm. get too addicted to that it's actually really negative and it's something I have to fight all the time yeah but I don't need everyone giving me compliments to feel better as a person yeah see I I'm the same th- I'm the same this is going off on a tangent now but um mm-hmm. when I was younger in my relationship like my husband and I married now before we were married my husband doesn't do public displays of affection. He's not big on the, oh, you look beautiful sort of thing. Yeah. But he's really good in a crisis. Like he's, you know, really steady, level-headed yeah, fellow. amazing. And um, so when I was younger and all my girlfriends were with these blokes that would always have their arm around them when they're out for tea mm. or telling them how beautiful they are, I was like, oh, I wish he'd do that. I wish he'd yeah. do that. And then um, at some point in my life I realised that I could actually say that to myself. I could actually say, Alison, you're amazing. You look really great or you've done a really good job. I didn't have to wait for someone else to give me that validation. Mm -hmm. And that was tremendously like freeing because now I don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like I don't need someone else to make me feel good about myself. Um, And that felt really nice because I think my dad was the same. He'd never give you, I worked with my dad for a long time. You'd never get any sort of real positive feedback. You'd never get those comments. And my mum used to say, oh, he never tells you you've done a good job. And it's like, I just have to tell myself I've done a good job. My dad was the same. I yeah, think right. it comes from their upbringing about what they, their parents ever actually said it to me. And I know, yeah. and it's really funny though. Now my dad, if he ever does say like, wow, I was really proud. Those moments mean so much. Yes, absolutely. Because there's so I know few he Yes, yes. Yeah, I know he did. But yeah. then at the same time, though, I've got to say my mum was so positive. This is actually goes back to my creativity and I have to, she was so encouraging about it and it was really important. Yeah. yeah. I needed that. Like I always used to laugh before I even showed my mum an, art, an artwork. She would gasp being like, oh, my God, it's amazing. I was like, I haven't even showed it to you. <laughs> I think yeah. you do need someone in your life, though, as long as you've got some sort of that, that kind of person just in those early stages to give you that confidence, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's um, it because, like, you might not have ever gone down that path if you didn't have that, that yeah. sort of encouragement. And, ability, and now I'm with my kids, although I always laugh that I don't want them to go into the creative world, I was like, I just want to be a chartered accountant or something. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, something really boring and regular. Oh, um, but um, Never. <laughs> I know, it's so funny. Um, but I my I was always allowed to kind of do my thing and go into my creative choices. I was never stopped. Um, yeah, and art classes in the afternoon, all those things mm. that are really important to well to making sure that your kid is 
well-rounded in life. And it really gave me the tools to, I think, just be able to kind of go for it, even though it took me a few years to get back to like my initial, that kid drawing on the walls and <laughs> she had to go, she had to go a few years making a dollar or two. But it was going out and actually not just being a pure artist. I think it was important. And I, mm. I kind of know how the world works a little bit more now. Yeah. Yeah. And like you said, you picked up those skills of being able to like, get an idea down really quickly and you know turn things around like from the yes. advertising days. Yes, I've got a yeah, I, I think that that it all um it yeah it all helped. Mm. Mm. Are your kids um, creative as well? Are they drawing and not yeah, drawing Yeah, they are. Maybe, but... It's so funny. Um, I didn't see early on the same obsession as I did, but now it's kind of coming a bit later. Yeah. I don't know. And it's funny. I don't know if I um, I push it as much as I should or, but it's just naturally coming out in interesting ways like drama and, and all those things. It's so funny. Yeah. You see them um, constantly growing. You, you just, you can't ever pick <laughs> what they're going to become. And for my son, he's 10 now. It's really exciting seeing him kind of on that verge of, you know, going into teenagehood and who he's going to yeah. be. It's oh, all it's about that confidence. Time. Yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I feel like it's I'm on the cusp before they go into, like, really negative space. Do, how old are you? <laughs> well, I've got a 7-year-old and a 14-year-old. <laughs> oh, so you're a bit old. So I've got a 7 and a 10-year-old, I'm, yeah. I'm all over the shop. But, yeah, yeah. gosh, it's just... Uh... I don't know that before Alex, like Alex is my eldest before he became a teenager. I just didn't yeah. know what to expect. I thought, cause I hadn't, I've had no brothers. Like I've yeah. just grown up with a sister. So I didn't know what the boys were going to be like. Um, but he's just, I don't know, just the most straightforward, logical, well-adjusted, settled child. It's just a miracle. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's just lovely. And I, and like you talk about like pushing the, the drawing or the creativity. I, yeah. I both my husband and I play instruments in a musical, but Alex, I always said to him, do you want to, do you want me to teach you something? Do you want to learn? Yeah. No, don't want to do it. Not, he's not a really sporty kid. Um, but all of a sudden, about 12 months ago, he decided he wanted to play the recorder um, oh, just out of nowhere. I'm like, great, the recorder. Right. Like, can you pick oh, something right. else? Um, and then it was a bit much for me. So I bought him a tin whistle, an Irish tin whistle, because that had a nicer sound. And then he decides he wants to play the bagpipes. Oh, my. <laughs> so now he's. Bagpipe player, but he's so he's actually he's picked it up so quickly. Like for a kid that's done nothing musical, I think it was just in him. You know, they just get get it through the genes. Picked it up so quick, and he's he's actually good at it. So it actually sounds nice coming through the house with four doors shut between him and us. It sounds lovely. I love that you didn't push anything on him too much. Like I think we pushed the piano on my. Oldest to you, he hated it in the yeah. end. You know, that that yeah. classic thing of pushing it, and then yeah. but being able to step back and just letting him naturally. Pick oh, up. it it scared me though because people around me, like I was um, singing in a vocal group when he was born, and other mums were getting their kids to join this junior group that we had, and I was like, oh, maybe I should be doing this. And I actually got him to come to a Christmas carol gig, just a real casual, just to sing Christmas carols with us. And he, he just said, oh, I didn't really, I don't want to do that again. I was like, okay, that's fine. Like you've had a go, you know, mm. and I just I just really had to step back, which was hard for me because I'm, you know, do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? No, yeah. You know. I know that compa- it's also like you you want to make sure um, just because, um, you know, you've got all that experience in the music world but and you don't and then you're like, oh, have I deprived him? Should I have pushed harder? Yeah. Yeah. And all these mums are doing it. Should I be I on that bandwagon? It was like that? I felt like I was, yeah, am I doing the right thing? And in the end it's just happened the way it's happened, so it's lovely. But my other one's completely different. He just wants to do everything. He wants to, like he's really sporty, he's trying out all different things. So they're very different children. Yeah. Um, and I don't think Digby will ever play a musical instrument. He's just too sporty <laughs> to do that. <laughs> 
but that's fine. I've got my bagpipes. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. You know, I'll talk to you in like, you know, 10 years from now and you'll be like, he's a professional bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's had um, one of my good, oh, a friend of mine from down here, she's Scottish and she wants him to play at her wedding. Oh. Said, there you go, mate. That'll be your first professional gig. <laughs> oh my God. You've got to get into the wedding circuit. That's oh, I'll tell you what, weddings and that. funerals, weddings and funerals. Oh my God. I do see a <laughs> poor boy that I think has been exiled to the park up the road from us playing the bagpipe. Oh, <laughs> oh god they are just so loud and he hasn't even got all of the stops out of all of his things yet like they can get louder so i'm like oh god help us when that <laughs> but he loves it he really loves it you're listening to the art of being a mom with my mom allison newman I wanted to ask too, your children obviously must be aware that mum and dad are creators and make these yeah. Does that make you like excited and pleased that they know that you do stuff apart from being their parents? Yeah, it's it's so funny though. I talk about this quite a bit. So I, you know, at their local school, we just go to a really lovely public school. I do a lot of reading and, you know, kids are aware and it's just so I think they before they discover influences, they really love our books and they're always coming up to us in the playground and talking to us and just being amazing. And my kids are really proud of that. Like it's almost like this. <laughs> they get a bit of fame out of us, but then yeah. <laughs> they fame, like I mean, yeah, as I said, you know, like a five-year-old then before they've discovered YouTube. But <laughs> they are I laugh. I if I go, look, I've done a new book, you know, it's pretty amazing to get a book published. And they don't even like care. <laughs> My son's read our latest book. And I, oh. and I go to him, I'm gonna stop it. De- I dedicate the books to them. I go, I'm gonna stop dedicating these books to you. This is it. <laughs> this is the last one. I so I do no, look. Oh, he, he he's he kind of gets a bit embarrassed now and all that kind of stuff, but I know he loves it. So it's yeah. just funny. But then they're really not that excited when I bring out a new book. (laughs) She's done another one. (laughs) I know. I know. And it's so funny because sometimes when their friends come over, they want to watch me draw a thing and he doesn't. They don't really They're over it. I know underneath they can. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Don't show it at all. (laughs) I say, Um, would you like me to come in and do a reading of my new book? And they're like, okay. I was like, fine, I'm not coming in. But yeah, it's it's funny. But I, I, yeah, as I said, and then then they'll do beautiful things like make their own books and yeah, right. do those things. It's yeah. just not a constant because I think it ha- it's it's everywhere around them. I think that must be ha- that must happen for a lot of parents who are doing these interesting vocations. Like kids, just kind of it kind of becomes quite normal, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, and the, the excitement of it, like, has gone out of it because they see it every day. They see it all I the know, time. I yeah. know, I know. So, but, uh, yeah, I'm sure later in life they'll be really proud, hopefully. It's <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And then oh, I, I dedicated that. another book, I think, to my siblings. I don't think they got that excited. I, I, maybe that's my big head that I think it's so wonderful to dedicate a book, but it's not actually that amazing. <laughs> oh dear that's quite funny I yeah. love that uh, I uh when I did my first album I did it I had so many dedications on it and I think the most excited were the ladies because I have the I used to teach aqua classes at my local gym oh, um, I love and, aqua classes oh, I wish I could come yeah. to one of them. oh well that and it was a beautiful bunch of of elderly ladies and they were just like like I had 20 nanas, like they were just beautiful. And so, and they'd always be like, oh, when's your next gig? Because none of them were online. So they had to like work out how they were going to get their tickets and all this sort of stuff. But they'd come. I had, you know, a table of them come to a few gigs. I put them in my dedications and they were, I think, the most excited about that. Isn't that amazing? (laughs) I know. I feel like they're a part of your journey sort of thing. Yeah, and that 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 support, and you know what's amazing is those those type of people. You know, when I've had book launches, and the most interesting people that I never would have thought come more than your close friends come to these things, and it's just mm. wonderful to have those type of people in your life. Oh yeah, it is. It's very. It's very. Um, I don't know what the word is. It's validating, but it's lovely as well. Like going oh. past past the ego. It's it's just yeah. Really nice. I know. It's not, it's not actually ego. It's just to see you meet in your journey 
you know, in the creative world, you meet so many interesting characters. That mm. are, and some people are just more attracted to what you do than others. I think that's just. Yeah. I'm sure one yeah. of my kids is going to follow me more than my other kid. And then I might get an accountant if dreams do come true, you know. <laughs> Just a regular paycheck. Oh, do you? <laughs> you know, maybe I'm attracted to that stability because there's no stability in the work we do. Yes. But then at the same time, I'm so addicted to like, you know, the highs and the, the, you know, that an email can unveil. Like, you know, the other day we were on um, the news and Anthony Albanese was reading our Prime Minister book. Yeah. Like, yeah. What? I mean, that just does not happen. That's fantastic. On the news. And you're like, wow, this is just so crazy. Yeah. So, Aww, and the other honest. day we had, um, and someone read our book on Play School, which was just. Yeah, right. Amazing. That's almost like the peak, isn't it? Like oh. that's like the summer. <laughs> right. And yeah. you know what's interesting, though, is, sorry, I always go, you know what's interesting? what's interesting? I'll do the same to me. Um. <laughs> You have these new summits and you think, well, that's it. I'm retiring. That, I mean, how can you get better? And then this little thing called ambition or or ego comes in your head and goes, what are you going to do next? (laughs) It was like when I got my first book published, I was like, oh, well, I've done it. I've achieved what I wanted to because that was always my greatest ambition was to do that. And then then like, what about that next book, Becky? <laughs> oh, it's funny. I love that. No, good on you. Well, look, thank you so much for chatting with me today. It's just oh, been so lovely. I've just I really enjoyed meeting you. No, me too. And it's so nice talking to someone in the creative field, but on a different spec on, um, you know, mm. world. It, I love um talking to to people like that. I've got a uh, yeah, it reminds me not just talking to people in the book world or the, the art world, music or or yeah. Guitar or anything. Thanks for the your company you today. On today's if you've episode enjoyed this episode, was from Alindro, I'd love you to consider leaving us a new review. Age ambient music trio or subscribing to the podcast. My sister and sharing Anderson it with a friend. Might be interested. If you'd like to hear more, if you or someone you, you know would like to, to be a guest the on the notes. podcast, please get in touch with us via the link in the show notes. I'll catch you again next week for another chat with an artistic mum.